to the area of your life that you're trying to be control of. And you're not called to be in control. It's too much for you. So you have to let that area go and you have to let the Lord handle it. And as you give it to Him, your level of rest in your heart will increase because you're not in control. And that goes for circumstances, that goes for people, that goes for the health of your body, that goes for your finances, that goes for your protection, that goes for 2021. The Lord can handle it. Whatever this life throws at you, the Lord can handle it. And there are some battles that just aren't <coughs> yours to fight. They're just not yours to fight. And so, your fight of faith is to trust Him. And there sometimes is a labor to enter into the rest. But the rest is a letting go. It's not a conquering of the situation. You may be here say, well, Jeremiah, I'm in a situation. I don't know what to do. Well, go before the Lord in prayer. Ask Him. And then let Him lead you. Don't allow fear to drive your decisions. Jesus is a shepherd. Shepherds lead. They don't drive. And so... Don't be driven by pressure. Don't be driven by fear. Don't be driven by the unknown. Whatever situation you're in, the Lord's got, He, he knows how to handle it. But rest. Bring it to Him. You know, it, it reminds me of the situation where, um, we can turn those lights on. Thank you so much. It reminds me of the, the situation where, um, the woman was caught in the act of adultery and then they threw her you know, before Jesus and they presented the law to him and said, you know, the, the law says that we kill her, we stone her, right? Well, I mean, that, that situation was a, a trap designed by the enemy to uh, destroy the woman and also to destroy Jesus' stand uh, for mercy and grace, because they, you know, they know they knew that Jesus operated differently than the Pharisees and Sadducees did, and so really, if you think about it, that's a really that's a tough situation, and uh, because Jesus is in this situation where he, you know, his will is not to kill this woman; his will is to save this woman, um, and so he doesn't want to hurt her and harm her. He wants to pull what's harming her out of her, which is the sin that's dominating her. You know, Jesus set himself against sin and against the devil. He didn't set himself against individuals. So he, he doesn't want to destroy her, but he knows that he can't break the law. Because if he breaks the law, then he sins. And if he sins, then he can't save anybody. Because his, his blood becomes contaminated with that action of sin, and he did not um, fulfill the old covenant. You know, he's got he's to live a sinless life. So he's in this situation that is so difficult and, and, you know, and I, I believe when he knelt down and began to, to write on the ground, what I believe that he was doing ultimately, now we can, we can subjectively assume what he's writing on the ground, we don't really know, you know, 
But what I do think he's doing is I think he's waiting on the Lord, on the Father, to hear what the Father says to do. I mean, you know that uh, Jesus, Jesus certainly is, was, and always will be God, but how I many you know he operated as a man? How do you know, Jeremiah? Because he was not omniscient. He didn't know everything just from, he, the Bible says he emptied himself of all of those things. How do you know that, Jeremiah? Well, he had to spend time with the Lord in prayer. How I many you know before he picked his 12 disciples, he went off and prayed all night? What was he doing? Well, he wasn't operating in his omniscient state of God. He had emptied himself of that. He was operating as a man, and out of a place of relationship, he had to pursue God to see who God wanted for the 12 disciples to be. And Jesus said, everything I see my Father do, that's what I do. How many know that once again imparts relationship? So I think Jesus was put in a situation where he needed to hear from the Father on what to do. He didn't hastily try to fix it. He did. How many know that's a lot of pressure? you got somebody's life on the line here. And, and it's not just in a private setting. This is a public arena. Like there are people there who are ready to pick up stones and kill this woman. Like on the spot. That's how they operated back then. So there's a lot of pressure. But if, if there's one thing you notice about Jesus, when he operated on this planet, he never got pressured by anything. Like, there, there, was a, there was a calmness, there was a coolness about him and his spirit, the way he conducted himself. Even when Lazarus died, he wasn't stressed out. I mean, you know, had Jesus reacted in the natural, he would have ran to save Lazarus. But he doesn't react in the natural. He hears what God tells him to do, and that's what he does. And God's like, Terry, don't, don't go do something about this. But Lord, that doesn't make sense. Terry, I mean, I... I Jesus knew his dad knew what was going on. How many know his dad had a plan to raise Lazarus from the dead? And, uh, and that's what, that, was, that was his dad's plan. And so it's, you, you have to understand something, that, that, that in the kingdom of God, death is not final. Death is not final. Death of a person is not final. Death of a situation is not final. Um, death, death is not final. Death doesn't win. Death doesn't win. Um, It's not allowed to win. Death is an enemy of God. Death's not God's friend. Death wasn't God's plan. You know? And and so God conquered death in Lazarus, but Jesus waited to hear what his father... Jesus carried himself in a very calm, cool fashion. And, and, and what, I, what I encourage you is you may not know what to do, but God does. And you draw near to Him in a place of relationship, okay? Trust Him, amen? Labor to enter into that rest. I mean, you know, there's a time where you got you to spend some time with the Lord on purpose, you know? You got to fill up your tank, man. And, uh, but when you're at rest, that's when you're in trust, and then you let Him show you what to do because He has wisdom, can you get an amen? There's no problem that you're going to face in 2021 that's greater than God. Not one. And not even close. It's not even in the realm of equality. Everything that, that we are going to face this next year, nothing to God, right? But what, what we need to do, and like Brian was, was sharing earlier through the word of the Lord, is uh, draw into, in a place of love, draw into that place of, of relationship uh, because we need to hear what, what, what the Lord's telling us to do. 
I mean, you know, just because God told someone else to do this doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you, you can't pattern your relationship with God after somebody else's relationship with God. You've got to hear God for yourself. Okay, get an amen. That's so important, man, because man-made religion always wants to pattern things. You know, they want to turn us into bricks in somebody's building. And uh, God, you know, no relationship is exactly like another relationship, you know. And uh, if, if normal relationships are like that, how much more a relationship with the creator of the universe is going to be unique to you? And so we, we, need to, we need to go to the Lord and hear what he's telling us to do. And if you're not hearing anything, you know, uh, let peace guide you. I mean, that's the primary way the Lord's going to lead you is peace. It doesn't have to be this big demonstrative thing, just peace. And, and then if you don't know, and then if you don't have peace and you can't clearly see, then keep turning down the fuzz of life. And the distractions, cut yourself off from all that crap and, and get into the Lord's presence and, and find out what He wants. Find out what He's got, you know. God's not withholding wisdom from us. Um, he, he has wisdom for us, but sometimes the other voices are so loud, it can be difficult to hear. And, that, and that's why um, your, your, your default setting as a believer is peace. And that's what the gospel provides for you. It provides for you an eternal peace that can't be changed. What does that mean? Well, you're forgiven. Amen? I mean, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not going to be taken from you. Jesus has been given to you as a gift. He is now your righteousness. God is for you. I mean, God's for you when you do well. And God's for you when you mess everything up. (laughs) Right? And the worst this world can throw at you is to put you face to face with your Savior. So, like, we, we, we've won. Like, we're in the victory lap, you know. Um, and so, amen. So, amen. Amen. All right, let's turn to Jeremiah 17, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 So, um, I've had something brewing in my heart for quite some time. And, uh, and so we're just going to, we're going to put our toe in it this morning and then we'll continue next week. Amen. Uh, so we're just going to kind of set the stage for this and then we'll, we'll continue to move on, uh, in it. But, uh, so anyway, praise God, this is our first installment, so to speak. But my question to you this morning and kind of what I've, I've titled this message is what does 2021 hold for you and your family? What does this year hold for you? Okay. Um, and then let's, let's take a look at, at Jeremiah 17, and, and what, what, you, what you have to understand is that you are a part of a kingdom that is not of this world, okay? And you are a part of something that is supernatural, that is spiritual, and that is more powerful than what you can see, than what you can feel, and what you can experience with your five physical senses. Um, the world that we can see was created by the world that we can't see. Okay, And so, what you can't see is more powerful than what you can see. And what you can't see will change what you do see. 
It's the truth, man. It's the absolute fact. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to lay aside all that power that's within us, which is the kingdom of God, and, and operate according to sight, what we see, what we feel, what we hear, right? We don't, you know, how awful would it be if we had all of that power and we set it aside and said, I'm just going to, I'm going to operate the way the world operates. Um, we, we have something greater than that. You know, here recently, I bought my mom and my stepdad um, a GPS for Christmas. Amen. Because uh, they need one. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, because they're, they're, God love them, they're getting lost all the time. Anytime they try to go to a new place, they're getting lost, you know, and I've got them, I bought them, I've got them phones, I've tried to, you know, God love them, they act like they're ex-Amish people, you know, they act like they just, they do not know how to operate in the 21st century, and I give them a hard time about it, but I mean, they really do, but anyway, so this, G, I set the GPS up in their car, showed them how to use it, and how many know that if you have a GPS, you may get lost, but you won't stay lost forever. <laughs> you, you know, it's not a perfect system. It's not. But it will, it will get you where you're going. How I many know that working with a GPS is greater than working without a GPS? Right? And so, if they will use this GPS, it will prevent them. Like, for example, they were trying to go to this sporting event and they got lost on the way to the sporting event, and they were lost for like two hours and then just had to come home. God love them, you know. And, um, and so, I mean, I mean, that's a challenge. You know, that's stressful. That's all these different things. And so I, I've given them something that's going to improve the quality of their life. It's going to save them time. It's going to make their life easier. It's going to make their life better. Now, however, it still stands to see whether they actually use it or not. Because <laughs> they might not, you know. God love them. Praise God. Not trying to throw them under the bus. I love them, you know. Uh, but I set it up for them, and I showed them how to use it. If they'll use it, then they won't stay lost. If they don't use it, it's just going to be a nice, fairly expensive piece of equipment that, that, that sits on the dash of their car that they don't use, right? How many know that the kingdom, now in a GPS comparison is a very small comparison compared to the kingdom of God, right? And that kingdom is on the inside of you. And how many know that kingdom, your king, amen? How many of you have a king? You have a king, man. Ah, oh, I love King Jesus, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a king. I answer to the king. I live as unto the king. I'll do what the king says. I'm a part of, I'm a part of, his, I'm a part of the family. I'm a part of the army. But I have a king, and I answer to him. Yeah, I, and I love that. It, it, it makes my being alive to know that. Because I think in the heart of all, all of us, we, we yearn for, for a leader that's greater than what a man can lead you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like men, you know, we pray, you know, human beings in general, we do the best we can. But at the end of the day, we're all very flawed in, in, in terms of, you know, not in our spirits, but, you know, praise God for democracy. Praise God for America. Love our country. I think we have the best country in the world. But, but at the end of the day, man does not rule himself well. We always mess it up some way. And I do think our founding fathers did the most amazing job in you know, writing all the things that they wrote. And, and, they, and I feel like they were inspired by God. But still, it's still a person that's leading. But ladies and gentlemen, the day and time will come when our king will be God. <laughs> 
you know, in actual, like in demonstration. And he will rule. And uh, I want to be ruled by a God who is just and a God who is love. And a God who was willing to die for me, you know, and to, and to, and to serve us with his life. I mean, he's, he's worthy of worship. He's worthy to be followed. Amen. But he's a king. And the kingdom is in you, and the, how many you know the kingdom will guide you through 2021? The kingdom will. The kingdom will. The king. The king knows what to do. Like, he knows what to do, right? I love that. I love, I love, uh, I love that he knows what to do, right? And I'd, all I got to do is be loved by him and consent to his leadership, you know? Uh, legalism makes it difficult. So I think for us to consent to leadership, um, because uh, because God's leading was mixed with condemnation and it mixed in the sense that if you don't hear, if you don't, if you don't do everything God says, then you're not going to be blessed. If you don't do everything God says, then you're not going to be loved. If you don't do everything God says, then then what it does is it places it on you again. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, the Lord will save you. Come on, He'll save you. When you mess everything up, He'll still save you. Can I get an amen? When you, when you mess everything up, He'll still love you. He'll still rescue you. Amen. Just like the GPS will still reroute you. Can I get an amen? How I many know we have a, a rerouting system that's greater than any GPS? Right? God, God will reroute you, and then God has the ability to actually cut time off of your, of your travel. He does. Like he, he, how I many you know he, he restores what the enemy stole from you? You know, it's, it's awesome. Like, 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 it's amazing how he does it. It's, it's only God could do it, but like he, and then he makes everything work together for your good. Every wrong turn you took, God's going to make it for your good. Everything you messed up, everything that you, everything, he'll restore all of the time that was lost, right? But a part of the restoration and the part of the redeeming of the time is wisdom. What is that? Hearing what the Lord's telling you to do. Can I, can I get an Amen. Right? How many know you can trust love to lead you? Yeah. Right? Come on. You can trust love to lead you, right? And, and, and you know, and here, here's another thing. No, one, no, one's per, no one's led by God 100% with, no, with zero mistakes. No, you don't. You just not. <laughs> Only person that had that going on was Jesus, right? So, so, you know what? Every once, you know what? Sometimes you're going to miss it. And when you miss it, don't get mad at God and don't get mad at yourself. Sh- shake it off. And, and, and listen to the next direction. Can't get an amen. Anybody ever be trying to you know, go a GPS and you miss the turn? And it's like one of them big turns where you got to go all the way down here and you got to turn and you go all, you know what I'm saying? Like I've missed some turns like that. <laughs> I miss a lot of turns. Hallelujah. I have. Amen. But you know what? It's okay. Amen. And God's so big that you really can't miss him if you'll just continue to trust him. Right? And he'll lead you. So, I say all that to say, 2020, you know, what does 2021 hold for you and your family? And I know that, that people, people love to put a word on a whole year. People love to do that, right? They do, man. And, and, I, and I'm okay with that to a degree. But I feel like and, and it's okay. It's okay. It's cool. It's all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not like bashing it, but like... Our lives are so individual and complex that the season you're in might not be the season I'm in, and the season I'm in might not be the season you're in, but you have a season that you're going to be in. And for me to, for me to put a, a, everyone's in this season, 
I, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around that. Because God's way too individual. Now, it's real popular. People love that stuff. We're going to find something that rhymes. Hey, how did 2020 vision work for you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what, what were the other words for 2020? And I'm not, I'm not trying to despise the prophetic. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, I'm really not trying to do that. Because I, 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 I want to be respectful and all of that. But I, in the same, in the same light, I think that you, you, you have something more personalized for your year. That, you know, and in this next year, you may be in one season the first three months, and then God may put you in a different season the next three months, and then a different season, or you may rapidly go through several seasons in a week. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I just, I don't think that we can, I, I'm, I am hesitant to put a label over an entire year. Okay? Um, and, and, and so, but, but I will put the label Jesus Christ over the entire year. I will put the label the kingdom of God over the entire year. I will say that God knows the plans that he has towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I think you can, I think you can label the year with that, right? So, uh, so with that, let's, Jeremiah 17 and verse 5, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now, this tree planted by the river is different than the tree planted by the field in the fields. How many know that this tree is not subject to the season the way the other trees are subject to the season? This tree's different. This tree's special. This tree isn't afraid when heat comes. This tree is unaffected by drought. Why? This tree has a supply that's different than the supply of the other trees. This is what is presented to you as an option. You don't have to be a tree planted in the world's field to experience what the world is experiencing. You're invited into a separate season, a set-apart season, a sanctified season, a season of abundance in the midst of famine. It has always been that way in the kingdom of God. God's people have always been protected in times of trouble, and God's people have always been invited into fruitfulness in the midst of famine. Not for the purpose of exalting them, but number one, for, them, for the purpose of them experiencing God's love, but number two, for causing them to be a blessing and to helping other people. Amen. Amen. See, you have something more solid than the government. You have something more solid uh, than the ways of this world. You have something more solid than money. More solid than the stock market. More solid. More solid. God. Right? God is more solid, right? So what I'm saying to you is this. You don't, you don't have to be... 2021 doesn't have to kick your butt. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not going to... But here's the thing. 2021 is a year of time, right? And so in that year, 
How many know there's going to be blessing for you? Yeah, of course there is. How many there's going to be provision for you? How many know the Lord's going to be with you? How many know as far as the Lord's concerned, He's actually already with you? How many know God is outside of time? Right? So, how many know there, 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 but how many know there's also going to be challenges? And I ain't trying to be prophetic. I'm just saying that, like, you know, there's going to be challenges next year. You know what? There's going to be challenges in 2022, 2023, 2024. <laughs> and how many know there's going to be blessing in that time as well, right? So you can't change what the world decides to do. But you can change what river you're planted by and where you're drawing your strength from. Right? You have that ability. You don't have to participate in famine. You don't have to participate in drought. And I'm not saying there's famine and drought. I'm not up here prophesying that or anything like that. I'm just saying I know that this year was difficult, and I know that, that next year there's going to be challenges as well. But I also know that, you're, that we're not subject to the world's seasons. Right? And so, just like this tree, you can draw strength from a continual source and you can have blessing and, and, and promotion and good things happen for you in 2022 or 2021. Amen? You can, right? Now, now your part is to, Jeremiah 17, verse 5, blesses is the man who trusts in the Lord. You're tr- we need, you need to take all your trust and get it off of you. Verse 7. Okay, thank you. Verse 7. Take all your trust and get it off of you. I mean, no, you're not, tr- this is real important. You're not trusting you to get through 2021. Don't, don't, don't be strong in your own strength. Don't do that. that, that's, that that's, that's, that's a recipe for disaster, right? It really is. You're either going to fail or you're going to do well and think you're awesome. And, and either one of those is not good for you, okay? Don't, don't, don't put your trust in you. You're not operating in your own strength. How I many old the Lord is going to handle 2021? He's going to do it, right? You, you're going to rest in Him. You're going to trust in Him. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. So your hope should be in the Lord, right? How many of your hope shouldn't be in a political party? Your hope shouldn't be in a politician. Your hope shouldn't be in a person. Whether that's a spouse or a mother or a father or a child. How many of your hope should be in the Lord? <laughs> that's going to be good because of the Lord. <laughs> right? Because the Lord's not going to fail you. How many of people will fail you? Good people will fail you, right? How many know you will fail you? (laughs) But you know who won't fail you? The Lord. He won't fail you, right? And so, blesses the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord, right? So, 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 in order to be a tree that's planted by this continual supply, I've got to put my trust in the Lord, right? And we were talking about this earlier in that transition point of the service. How many other... How do, you know you're, how do you know you're trusting the Lord, Jeremiah? You're at rest about your future. How do you know you're not trusting the Lord? You're wigged out. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, be at peace because you are, you are, you're going to have times of trusting and times of being wigged out. Times of trusting and times of being wigged out. How do you know, Jeremiah? Well, life will make you wig out. 
But you know what will also try to make you wig out? The fiery darts of the enemy. Fear, 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 right? And so if there was no enemy, then we'd probably more effect, be more effective at trusting. But because there is an enemy, we have to build up our shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Well, what is your shield of faith? Well, your shield of faith is that based, and this is the promises of God, right? But the promises are based in grace, what does that mean? That means that you qualify eternally, right? How I many you know there's not one person in this room that's more deserving of the Lord's blessing than somebody else? Mm-mm. No, no, no. All the promises are yes and amen in Him. It's about Him. It's not about us. Can I get an amen? And I love how Abraham's life demonstrates this because, I mean, you know, Abraham made a ton of mistakes. I mean, you know, Isaac made, made the same exact mistakes as Dad made. He did. I was just reading it. He made the same mistakes. But do you notice that the Lord did not raise the blessing off of him because of his mistakes? In fact, God worked it in such a way that when he failed, God blessed him. So it's, it's that framework and foundation of grace that will allow your shield of faith to be built up because it removes the weak link in order for you to get blessed. What's the weak link? Us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Amen? Come on. I mean, this covenant was cut between Father God and Jesus. It's their covenant. Father God perfect, Jesus perfect. Us in Christ. (laughs) You know what that means? God's perfect obedience is set to our account. As being the righteousness of God, that means God deals with you as he would deal with Christ. That you deserve, you get everything that Jesus deserves. Even when you fail, right? And that's your, that's, your, that's your challenge, that's your fight of faith, is to believe it, that your failures don't disqualify you. How many of your failure will disqualify you from a job? How many of your failure will disqualify you from a relationship? How many of your failure will disqualify you from all kinds of stuff? But see, your failure is not taken into account in this new covenant, this kingdom. I'm not saying there aren't repercussions for bad decisions. I'm saying that God doesn't change His mind about you. Your sins and lawless deeds he will remember no more. Can I get an amen? Right? So, so, so God's not looking at you according to your sin. Right? Come on. It's good news, right? You're the righteousness of God. Now, it's a challenge to believe that. And that's your fight. Your challenge is to believe if the cross was really a success or not. Was this a success on your behalf? Was all your sin taken care of? Right? Was, wasn't it? So you, better, you might as well just put your shoulders back. Put a spring in your step and march on into 2021 like you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, ready to receive everything that Jesus deserved. <laughs> Amen. This is, your, this is your gift. This is your covenant. This is how powerful uh, the Son of God's blood was. Like this covenant is, it's, it, the only thing that frustrates the covenant is unbelief. And not unbelief for a thing, you know, whether that be healing or provision or wisdom or whatever. No, are you the righteousness of God? That's the issue. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Are you really forgiven? Are you really the righteousness of God? You know, you know what I'm saying? I love to, and, and it's not about you, it's about him, right? Did Jesus do a good job on the cross? He did. That means that you are as righteous as he is, apart from your behavior. There it is. There's the stumbling block right there. There's the, there's the offensive portion of the gospel. That a man would be made right with God apart from his behavior. Yet God prophesied it through David. God, God demonstrated it through Abraham. 
And then God did it on the cross. And we still, the body of Christ as a whole, say, Man, apart from my behavior, oh, it's a license to sin. That's not in the book. The Bible says that uh, the abundance of grace will remove the dominion of sin. Amen? It's been true in my own life. I could, there are things that I could never conquer in legalism that are now conquered. In fact, legalism made it worse because I tried harder. <laughs> Trying is not deliverance, okay? The harder you try, the more you will fail. It's like trying really hard to, to float. Like, bro, you know, you just want to float the sky. How I many don't ain't like that? Kingdom, same way. We, we like things that we can do, don't we? We're like naming. Naaman said, give me something to conquer. Give me something to do. And the prophet said, hey, will you tell that guy to go dip in the, in the Jordan seven times? No, he didn't like that. He said, well, we have rivers in my own, my country that are cleaner and better than the Jordan and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, Naaman had a pride issue. And, and here's the thing. When you are trying to deliver yourself through your strength and your willpower, you will get what you can produce. You know what you can produce? A deeper hole. <laughs> you have to let go, trust God. How do I do that, Jeremiah? You say you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus while you're making the mistake. You say what God has said about you while you're making the mistake. You declare who you are in Christ. You behold Jesus. You keep doing it. You keep identifying with who the Lord is. And you know what? That sin will fall off your life. And when it does fall off your life, you won't, you won't be able to take credit for it which is really important. As long as you can take credit for it, this is a self-help class. And uh, how many of Christianity is not a self-help class? It's actually a rescue. <laughs> we get rescued, right? And so, and so, amen. God hijacked the sermon. We preached the gospel for a little bit. Amen. It's good. Um, amen. So, so your part's to believe that you're the righteousness of God. Amen. And, and that's your part, right? So, 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 but in the very same breath, how I many you know you've been made righteous and you've been given this blessing so you can have a relationship? So you can't mess this relationship up. Y'all ever been in a relationship where you messed up? Oh, oh hallelujah. Me, you know, yeah, <laughs> praise God. Like, you, you, and, and I might just come out like completely exploded it, but like even in the, even in the sense of, um, you know, how many other things you, you, that you know you shouldn't say? Come on now. You ever had that moment? Like, and here's the Lord, man. See, you know what? True strength is not action. True strength is restraint. Golly, I'm learning that. True strength is restraint. That's how I finally have, by the grace of God, overcome the issue with my dog. Is restraint. Not, not, not action. You know, my dog is doing so much better. And, and, uh, but as long as that dog could make me mad and ruin my day, it was going to keep happening. I mean, I'm, it's just a simple thing. But you know what? That dog could. You know, my wife couldn't. My son couldn't. The COVID couldn't. <laughs> you know, all this crazy stuff couldn't. But that daggone dog could make me mad. Right? The battle wasn't the dog. The battle was my heart. I have to stop giving this dog permission of stealing my peace. 
And you've got to stop allowing a person to steal your peace, allowing a situation to steal your peace. And once I conquered my heart, because the issue wasn't the dog, the issue was me. The dog was just revealing my inner struggle. Jeez. How I many you know there are circumstances that you don't have the ability to change, but as long as they can make you mad? I'll tell you another thing. Customer service on the phone. There's another, there's another, oh man, like, both, both. See, this is what I found, this is what I found. I had gotten to a place where I had been, I'd spent so much time angry on the phone with these people, right, because of, because of, because of all the stuff they do, right, and don't do, right? That I, what happened was now, anytime I'm in a customer service situation, I start, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning the conversation angry. Because you know, you're dealing with the same people all the time, blah, 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 right? So, so, so once again, what, is the, is there, are they the problem? Well, they are. <laughs> I mean, the dog's still a pro, the dog still has issues, but we're not going to conquer. The, the customer service or the dog with, with anger and with me not having peace, right? So I had to dial back, bring myself to a place of peace and approach it. How many know when you're in a place of peace, you're powerful? You're not powerful angry. You're not powerful offended. You're not powerful. You know, you, parenting from a place of anger is not ultimately effective. You may get a short-term result, but at the end of the day, what you're teaching your child is the loudest, angriest person wins. I mean, you don't want to perpetuate that type of behavior in your child. Amen. I got real quiet in here. Praise God. How many of you say, how about in your marriage? I mean, you know, if we think the loudest, angriest person wins, then we're perpetuating a culture of anger. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know, when, when you let go of your peace, the kingdom has been compromised in its flow out of you. And, and flesh has grabbed the joystick, you know what I'm saying, the controls. Now, I'm not saying there's not time to be angry. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. I'm not saying there's not a time. There is a righteous indignation that will arise out of your heart. And it's powerful when it does. But it's still going, it's not going it, it, to, the expression of it is, is in a place of minority. I mean, no, you see Jesus angry. But only, but only twice. Then I mean, Maybe a couple more times. But he was clearly angry when he was, when he was cleansing the uh, temple, right? Uh, there's a couple times where Jesus is angry. So, but... It, it, it's still like what we don't want to do is be angry in the flesh, and and be and so anyway, out of a place of restraint, I now navigate customer service better, and overcame some things, the adversity. How I many know the adversity of the dog and the adversity of AT and T customer service? I'll just go ahead and drop a name here because that's who we're talking about actually produce development inside me. And I'm stronger on the other side of adversity. 
And that's what we're going to eventually move into as we move forward with this, is how many know in 2021, there's a promised land of rest for you? How many know your, your promised land is no longer a geographical location? Although it can include geographical locations. But your promised land is that place of rest on the inside of you. Jesus is your promised land. Can I get an amen? amen? But see, in this promised land, you know what there are? Giants. Adversity. Amen. Problems. But you know what? The giants have become bread for you. The giants will feed you. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? You don't develop in times of ease. You develop in adversity. We all want easy, don't we? We all want the mountaintop. But development happens in adversity. So if we'll change the way we look at adversity, and this is, I'm, I'm stepping over into next week, but I'm super excited about this because I've been studying this and it's like, it's like just so alive in my heart. Uh, because what I, what I preach to you is not just something I get out of, of here. This is what I endeavor to live in my own life. You know what I'm saying? Like this, I, I, I'm, anyway. But the, the giant. how I many you know the giants, their defense has departed from them and the giants have become your bread. Your place of feeding. Your place of nourishment. Your place of development. Your place of trusting in the Lord are your places of adversity. And if we can change our attitude about adversity, rather than being offended at God, or offended at ourselves, or offended at the people who are bringing the adversity, we can actually allow it to develop us. I mean, you know, God gave him the promised land. He said, it's yours. But there are some giants in there. <laughs> he didn't remove the giants, did he? He said, together with you, we will conquer the giants together. You tracking me here? So there are some things that you're going to need to conquer next year, right? But you don't have to conquer them alone. You don't have to conquer them by yourself. How many of the Lord will co-labor with you, and you and the Lord will conquer together? And on the other side is promotion. How many know without Goliath would we have ever known who David was? You know, giants. And I love what Caleb said. We're going. Caleb said he said the giants they are bread for us. The problems feed us. The adversity feeds us. How many of that is an unusual perspective? But however, it is the perspective that God spoke towards the two guys that actually made it into the promised land. Only two guys made it out of the twelve, right? Joshua and Caleb. They looked at things differently. And, and really, more specifically, Caleb. God said he has a different spirit. How many of y'all want to be uncommon? I don't want to be like everybody else. I mean, you're called to be different. You're called to be uncommon. That's what holiness is, being uncommon, right? And Caleb, God said, he's followed me fully, right? I mean, you know, Caleb brought back a good report. I'm totally getting into next week's sermon, but I can't help it. Here we are, right? But he had this unusual perspective. He said, the giants, they're bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. So what I want to encourage you, 2021 is not going to be a float through, tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> it's not going to be this year of, you know, I mean, you know, people are going to throw some labels on this next year, right? And that's cool. And, and you know, and, and if you could set your hope on something like that, I'm, I'm not against that. 
But like, there's no such thing as a season without adversity. That's called heaven. <laughs> like, you get that when you die. You don't get that on earth, right? God, there's not one place in Scripture where God said you weren't going to have challenges. There's not one place in Scripture where God said you weren't going to have adversity. <clears throat> but He said that I, I will help you overcome it. Can I get an amen here, right? See, that, that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, it's not anxious. It's not afraid when heat comes. Why? It knows it has a greater source than the challenges that are coming against it. Are y'all, y'all tracking me here? And the key thing is to not be offended at the giants. And really, not be offended at God for the giants. How many know God gave them the promised land? But there were, there were enemies in the land. So, so, and once again, your promised land is Jesus, right? That place of rest, that place of trust, um, it's not a geographical location. It's wherever you stand, the kingdom is. How many of the kingdom has plans for next year? Huge plans, big plans. But the kingdom doesn't have reporters, necessarily, that are going to be airing, you know, their news, so to speak. But how many know that you have a direct line to the kingdom? See, the kingdom wants to operate in you personally next year and the people that you're around, right? The kingdom does. The kingdom has plans. What's it going to do? It's going to overcome. It's going to conquer. It's going to shine, right? Amen. Once again, you're not doing this in your own strength. This is a surrender. This is a letting go. This is a trusting the Lord, right? This is a rest. I mean, trust produces rest. So don't be afraid of the giants. <laughs> don't be afraid of the names that can be named, you know, whether that's COVID or, you know, downturn of the market, depression, whatever. Whatever, whatever can be named, it has to bow its knee to Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and so, um, you know, in, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you to give you a future and hope. I mean, you know, God has a plan for 2021. And it's different than the world's plan. Right? Amen. Um, amen. Praise God. Turn to Psalm 1, please. And I just want to encourage you as you step into this next season that uh, you, we, don't, we don't have to bow down. We don't have to lay down. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to... I mean, we can be fruitful. Amen? And, and we can be fruitful in every, every way. But, but we have to... We, have to, we A, have to trust the Lord and His love for us and trust that the cross is enough, that we're the righteousness of God, and, and, and then draw strength from, from the Lord. Not from, the, not from the report of the world. Psalm 1, I'm going to read this to you out of Amphite. It says, blessed, happy. I mean, you know, that's a part of God's plan for your life is to be happy. Amen. You know, that's what being blessed, that's a part of the definition of being blessed. That's one of the confessions I leave with my family every night. So we're blessed, we're happy. Happy, amen? Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. That's what blessing is, right? Is the man or woman who walks and lives not 
in the counsel of the ungodly. (laughs) One of your key components for enjoying this year is not to walk it, not who, who, who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? We don't, now, that doesn't mean that you go around acting like an idiot, right? Can I get an amen? How many know the wisdom that's from above is pure and peaceable and easy to be entreated? How many know sometimes Christians can have a chip on their shoulder? You know what I'm saying? Just let God lead you, amen? Let God lead you, okay? I just have to kind of add that in there. Who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, and it says following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. How I many know the world's way is not our way? We have a different way. But now we live in this world, and we want to, we want to carry ourselves with honor, and we want to carry ourselves with respect, but we also want to take a stand where God leads us to take a stand. Amen? Um, and so, nor stand submissive and inactive in the paths where sinners walk. How I many know that we're... I mean, we're called to be different. We're called to be uncommon. Amen? Very important to understand, right? Nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Once again, this is talking about the wisdom of this world. I encourage you, never use your Christianity to mock someone. Never use your revelation to mock someone. Okay? You're not called to belittle people. That's not the kingdom, folks. It's not the kingdom. And that'll save you a lot of conversations right there. If you, seriously, if, if you, if you, your way is not to mock and to belittle and to, that's just not your way. You're higher than that. You know what I'm saying? And, but how I many there's a lot of Christians that spend their time mocking and belittling people that believe differently than them? That's not the wisdom of heaven. You know, perhaps that's a conversation you shouldn't be a part of. Walk away from it, you know? Um, so anyway, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. In his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Now, here, law, law, right? Listen, law is more than just the law of Moses. You have to understand that, okay? You trying to do something to be made right with God or loved by God is the law of Moses. It will condemn you, it will kill you, it will eat your lunch. In order to be blessed or to be justified by action is cursed. You must be blessed and justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Very important to understand, right? But when it talks about the law, it's not just, it's not just talking about that. How I many know it's talking about instruction and teaching? How I many know that that if you'll take the lens of the cross, you can walk through the Old Testament and get fed by Jesus all day long. Yes, yes, we don't get rid of the Old Testament. We just, our, our, our lens of justification and blessing has changed from action to faith. Everybody tracking me here? This is really important because what you don't want to do is you don't want to throw out these concepts just because it mentions the word law or we're going to rip this up. No, 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 this is, this is, this is good, right? This is actually talking about the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing here by the Word of Christ, when Jesus is present in the interpretation of the scriptures, it will bring faith. So important to understand that. If, but if you remove Christ out of the Old Testament, then it'll condemn you and it'll kill you. <laughs> right? Amen. Christ must be present in there. But even then, there's still wisdom in it. But anyway. Uh, but his delight. So what is this talking about? It's talking about the word of God. Come on now, the promises of God. Feed on it, man. Draw strength from it. Pull it up on the inside of you. Shun the counsel of this world. Feed on what God has said. 
Amen? This is so important right here, okay? Your memory is not the experience of feeding. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? The memory of pizza never fed you. The memory of pizza never fed you, right? Amen. Come on now. You can think about pizza. It don't mean nothing. How many of you know your memorization of a scripture doesn't feed you? Here recently, I took a walk through uh, Luke, like the Christmas story, and actually broke it down and ingested it, and it brought life to me. But, it, but the challenge is, it was, I have to get past the cliche. I got to get past the songs. I got to get past the cliche of it and crack it open and eat the meat of it. Can I get an amen? The Word of God is to be eaten, to be meditated, to be thought about, to be, to, to be, to, to just, uh, this is where words fail us. <laughs> you get to this point, you just don't, just take a promise, man. Speak it out. Take it. You can feed on God anytime, man. You don't have to be seated with a cup of coffee and, you know, everything perfect and your blanket just right and, and this and that and this and that. How many of you can be working and feeding on the Word of God? How many of you can be active and feeding on the Word of God? You just take it and you meditate it. How many of God spoke to Joshua and said, meditate it day and night? How do you do that? Do you have a Bible open? No. You just take a scripture. Just one word. Just one word. One time I did that. Um, uh, and and the, the one word I meditated was in Christ. And I meditated all day long while I was at work. And you know, I walked away. I was so strong. was so full of joy and so full of peace. It's so simple and so easily and so readily available to us that we sometimes forget. You follow me? Um, but it says, His delight and desire in the law of the Lord, in His law and the precepts, the instructions, the teaching of God, He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. What does that mean? I mean, you can bring a word up all the time, man. All the time. Now, th- listen now. This is key for you flourishing in 2021. This simple concept right here. Taking a promise. Taking what God has said. Amen? And it says, He shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in, in its season, and its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. How many of that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? And so the key here, elements here are trusting in the Lord. You know, what does that mean? That means trusting that he loves you, trusting that you're forgiven, letting go of trying to conquer things in your own strength, and, and then feeding on his counsel and not the counsel of the world. How many of the way the world does things is different than the way God does things? Amen. I mean, you know, that, 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 uh, that you're, you're different, amen? You're, you're, a, uh, you're a minority. You're, you're, you're different. We go, we go contrary to the way the world goes, amen? Turn to Genesis 26, and, and we'll close right here, and we'll pick it up next week. Uh, I, uh, amen. I just, I want to win. <laughs> Do y'all want to win? <laughs> I don't want the world to win. I don't want the enemy to win. I don't want sickness to win. I don't want darkness to win. I don't want depression to win. I want to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, and our God, will, he leads us to triumph, amen? But, but one of the things about stepping into 2021 is, how many know that they went into the promised land and they brought the fight to the giants? See, the kingdom is not passive. Mm-mm. It's also not reactive. It's proactive. See, how I many you know when David fought Goliath, he didn't wait for Goliath to come. He ran after him. And see, so many times I think that because we've, we, we've been beat down so bad, 
that we just want to run and hide, and we want to wait for the problem to come to us, and we want to pretend like the problem's not there. And, 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 and what God will do, He'll put a strength in you and a boldness in you and a courage in you where you'll walk after the problem. See, the problem's not in control, you are. Your God is. Can I get an amen? This is really key because, because there's nowhere where God develops a passive, reactive mindset. No, the kingdom says, I will go, I will defeat the giant, and he will be my bread. You understand what I'm saying? And see, there's a boldness that comes on your life, not because you're trusting in your strength, but you're trusting in the Lord's strength. How I many you know there are some problems that would have, wouldn't have been as bad if you'd have went and addressed them sooner? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, one of the reasons that we spend a lot of time worrying is we don't address things that need to be addressed. You know? I mean... The, 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 because, we're, because we're scared. Because it's easier and we're scared. But here's the thing. Whether you address the giant or don't address the giant, he's still there. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's kind of what everybody else did. Only one person walked towards the giant. Everybody else just heard the giant run his mouth. And they all, for 40 days and 40 nights, this giant ran his mouth. And everybody was afraid. They were hoping the giant would go away. They were hoping it would just leave. I mean, you know, God had a plan to, de- to destroy the giants, but he needed someone to go after him. Can't get an amen. God, man, God, God, doesn't wa- God does not want you passively, fearfully waiting for the giant to come to you. Go kick his butt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the Lord God is with you. He is your bread. Take his head off. <clears throat> I don't care what it is. It could be financial. It could be in the health of your body. It can be relationships. It can be just the fear that pervades this world because of all this COVID stuff. Whatever it is, you are a winner. <laughs> you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You're not in, you know, and that's one of the things that came to me when we were talking, we, we were in kind of that prophetic place. <laughs> Dan's phone's yelling at him. Dan, is that your GPS? <laughs> Okay. Was it really? <laughs> What'd you say, Siri? She's like, my customer service is great. I don't know what you're talking about. What's wrong with this guy? For the record, Apple does have great customer service. Anyway, praise God. <laughs> she did, didn't she? It's <laughs> awesome. Amen. But, uh, oh, backbone of steel. Strong backbone next year. You know, I just, like, as long as we're on earth, it's just not going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? It's just not. I mean, you know, we always, like, oh, this year, 2021, year of double blessing, triple blessing, quadruple blessing. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So we've heard a lot. I mean, people are never our enemy, and that's what the enemy tries to sidetrack us. Uh, to make people our enemy. But another thing the enemy does is get you to be complacent yeah. about, and you just tolerate That's good. his annoyance. That's good. And God deals with enemies one way. Yeah. Absolute. Yeah. An absolute take the head off, annihilate, destroy. Yeah. There's no playing nice with your enemy. Yeah. There's 
utter destruction. Yeah. And so when we have things like when we feel depression trying to come on us or fear or condemnation or mm-hmm. anything that doesn't re- keep us in the love and rest and peace and joy of the Lord, mm-hmm. you are to go after it with all uh, <laughs> with all prejudice. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're to take its flipping head off. Yeah. And, and, and the key point there to remember is, you know, it, it's, you know, the aggressive action that you take against the enemy is the word of God. Yeah, exactly. Is the promises of God. Jesus didn't play around with the devil. Yeah. He told him. You're not him, punching nobody. You're not cutting anybody's ear off. No. You're not. You're not yelling at anybody on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You're 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 you're, you're taking the word of God against it. Well, yeah. Jesus, well, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent taketh it by force. Yeah. That's not carnal. That's spiritual that's right. knowledge. So right. in the spirit, there's going to be war. Sure. But you're more than a, the thing is, is you got to know that you have the, the, the ultimate authority. You have the power of the, of the blood of Jesus and everything that God's given you yeah. to crush his head. It's good. And let me, let me, and let me add to that this too. And then sometimes you do what you're supposed to do, but it doesn't change. Right? Passage of time. What's your part to do now? Trust. Wait. Be patient. You know, because, you know, in the scenario of David, like the, 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 you know, which is a great scenario. And there are definitely times for that. The giant's head was taken off and victory was won. But how I many of some of some of your battles, there's a passage of time. And so and so in, in the passage of time, don't lose hope and, and don't find fault with yourself and don't find fault with God. Stop. Don't, stop blaming yourself and stop blaming God. Blame the devil. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and because it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. You know, and so many of the examples in the, in, in, in the Old Testament is there was a battle, and they fought a battle, and the battle was immediate. But how many of you know there are some, there are some fights of faith that you may have that may be years? That's right. Yeah, that's a good example, Joseph. Yeah, there was years for that fight. And so, uh, they're, 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 and that's where, that's where uh, trust and rest comes in. Are y'all tracking me here? That's where we, we, we rest. There's a persistence that God uh, wants to bring into your life. Um, and there's a rest that God wants to bring into your life. How I many know the passage of, what were you saying? Let faith arise. And when the passage of time comes, don't, don't allow it to lose hope. And don't find fault with yourself. And don't find fault with the Lord. How I many know who's on the examining table? Jesus. And he's perfect. Right? Yeah, please. Can you give uh, Teresa the mic? Yeah, click. Yeah, you'll get it. I think so. Yep, you got it. Go ahead. Okay, God has put this on my heart. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they um, they look at Jesus Christ and they can't see themselves in that place with that kind of authority because look at what Jesus done. We can never attain mm-hmm. to where he has reached. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, he said that we could do not only what he's done, but we will do more on, after right. he's gone. That's what he said. Now, what I like to do, because uh, it is a hard thing to um, believe in your mind, mm-hmm. that you have this mm-hmm. kind of power, this kind of authority, mm-hmm. the same as Jesus Christ, the Son of God does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to point them to the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Because of Jesus Christ, we are in the presence of God mm-hmm. every second of every day Come as on. a Christian. We are in his presence. Yeah. Just like, say, David. 
Abraham, where they mm -hmm. were talking personally mm -hmm. with God. We have that authority. We have that ability now on, because of what Jesus Christ has done. On, that puts a, a whole different attitude and perspective of how you carry yourself, yes. how you act out there in the world, and you know, just just everything about your life changes knowing that that every single second you're in the presence of God Come on. because of Jesus Christ and Come Christ. On. Come on, that's good. That's good. We we now we we carry we carry him like we are carriers of you know he's in us right. We are the we are like that tabernacle. I mean, all right. I have one place to go real quickly, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna finish it. But I just want to bring this point out real quick. Um, Genesis chapter twenty six, and let's take a look here at verse one, and I'll make this quick. Um, it says, "Now there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham." So here comes the world is entering into a season of lack, a season of not enough, a season of challenge, right? And in a time of, and at a time of famine, how many of you know that can bring the worst out of people? You know, you know, people are scared, people are afraid, they're looking to steal, take, rob, they're, you know, all these things because there's not enough. <clears throat> and so people are just trying to survive, right? When, when fear is present, survival is like in the forefront of, of, of carnal people's minds, Okay. Now, how I many you know as a kingdom person, we don't survive, we, we thrive and we flourish. I mean, we're not looking to take, we're actually looking to give. And, um, and, so, and so anyway, and so this, is, so this comes to Isaac. This is Isaac. It's a different famine that his father went through. Isaac's going through a famine. It says, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Now, stop here for a moment. Everybody look up here real quick. Don't read ahead. Now, is Isaac blessed? What's the blessing he has? The Blessing of Abraham, right? Same blessing you have in Christ Jesus, right? What is it? It's that blessing of being right with God by faith. So he has the blessing on his life. So because of the fact that the blessing's on his life, how I many of the season that's happening in the world doesn't have to happen to him? Seriously. It's very important to understand this, right? World's entering into a season, but he doesn't have to take part of that season because of the blessing that's on his life. But there's one other element here, Right? Verse, and then it goes, and then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Now, let's stop here for a moment. There's two things happening here. Number one is the blessing. Number two is relationship. What's happening? He's getting direction from the Lord on what he should do. This is extremely important, Right? See, the reason that you've been, one of the reasons you've been made the righteous of God, so you can have a relationship with God and you can hear God. So you can hear from God. See, how many know he wasn't supposed to do what his dad did? See, if they would have set up a denominational, and I'm not trying to crack on denominations, if they were going to set up on just one single paradigm of existence, see, what happens is we have a tendency to do, we see God move a certain way, and then we want it to happen that way again. We love that, right? That's not how God does things, right? God is not, he don't operate in a pattern. Like, he's going to do something different. I can promise you. If revival broke out in a certain area at a certain time because somebody did a certain thing, it ain't happening like that again. Because we'll turn it into an idol and we'll try to do it over and over and over again like we can control revival. No, there's no limits and we're also not in control, okay? But so, the, 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 the I hesitate to use that word, but the perspective is my dad went, to Egypt, so I'm going to go to Egypt. Because this is what we do. We go to Egypt when there's famine. No, 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 no. No, you hear God for you. 
and you do what God tells you to do. And what God tells you to do might be different than what He tells me to do, but what God tells you to do is going to work because God told you to do it. So there's the blessing and the leading. They come together to produce abundance in a time of famine. I'm going to say that again. The blessing and the leading. They come together to produce abundance in a time of famine. I'm going to say that one more time. The blessing, which you have in Christ Jesus, and the leading, which you have out of relationship, come together to produce abundance in a time of famine. So that you're, in your job, you flourish. In your position, you flourish. Can I get an amen? amen? You flourish. Why? Because of the blessing and the leading. Okay. He says, don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and all your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. So then he goes on and on. He's just declaring blessing. Right after that, he makes a huge mistake. This is really important. Just stick with me just for a little bit longer. Right after that, he makes the same daggone mistake his dad made. But notice, this is important to understand. I mean, you know, and the blessing and the leading produces abundance, right? But the leading doesn't mean you're going to be without mistake. If you make it to where you've got to be perfect in order to be blessed, you're going to go back into legalism. And it's going to be on your shoulders, and you're going to take a heavy yoke upon you that you can't handle. I love how God records this guy's mistake right after the Lord speaks to him. Now, he, he does what God tells him to do. He stays in the same land, but he cowardly, just like his dad, doesn't honor his wife, doesn't protect his wife, <clears throat> and, um, and, you know, they just about take his daggone wife from him. You know, and we're not going to, you know, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister. So weak, man, so weak. Not, not the manly thing to do, right? Not the godly thing to do. But what I want to show you here is, how I many know, he made a mistake. But how many know God didn't take the blessing off of him? How many know God was still with him? Can I get an amen? It's so important to understand that because if you're not careful with what I just said, the blessing and the leading, you'll turn into legalism it'll be about you. It ain't about you. Amen? I mean, you can't mess this thing up. Right? Now, it's important to hear and it's important to, to, to do what the Lord tells you to do because He loves you and He's got wisdom for you. He's got direction for your life. Can I get an amen? All right, then go all the way down. Right after he messes up, and then it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Interesting, right? The blessing and the leading produces abundance, right? Now, it doesn't mean a flawless existence. Because he just made a huge mistake. It's important to understand that. Very important to understand that. Because if you don't, if you don't, I love how God preserved this blessing of Abraham through the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, all three of them guys made tons of mistakes. Yeah. Come on. So you're into the high places and you're doing that's usually bad. I 
hugely bad. Yes, definitely. Yeah, God, but what you got to do is give back to whatever you want. Come on. And he says, not only am I going to give you this, Luther, Come on. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you everything. Come on. Like, Come everything on. You want. I mean, riches, everything. That's right. Yeah. It's good. And it wasn't based on his perfection. It's so important to understand that because if you lose sight of that, then you won't. You're, the, the, the enjoyment of the blessing in your life won't be a, a result of faith. It'll be a result of you earning it. And if it's legalism, it's not faith. And that will mess everything up, even more than your mistakes. You can't earn it. You receive it by faith through grace. He did it, right? Amen. It's really important. That way he gets the glory and we get to be and to enjoy him, right? So thank you for bringing it out. It's very good. And then it says, the Philistines envied him. And it says, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they filled them with earth. How many of the Philistines are jealous and they're trying to come against him? But how many know the Philistines, the world can't stop what God's doing? And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Amen. And, and then it says he departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. What I want to... So, <clears throat> this is... 2021 is going to be a year of tremendous blessing. 2021 is going to be a year of challenge. But the, but the giants are bred for you. The adversity is development for you. Can I get an amen? But, but let us not cower. Let us move forward and take what's ours. Can I get an Amen. Knowing that a, that a person is not your enemy. Flesh and blood is not your enemy, right? The enemy is your enemy, right? So anyway, and we'll, we'll pick this up next week. Can I? Yes. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. So when you look at those four boys, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Yeah. We learn so much about those. But Isaac is probably the least we know about because everything's written about the others. It's true. But when you look at that, there's, you know, his name meant laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in that weakness, he came out of that and unstopped the wells that the enemy had stopped. Come on. And so one thing he was known out of his weakness. Come on. He unstopped the wells that his father had made. Come on. And I'm telling you that it's in our weakness when we're dependent on Come on, man. And the joy and the laughter and the world that will unstop the wells of a, a water, living water, the people around us. Come on. It's in our weakness, not in our strength. Come on, man. So good. So good. Thank you for sharing that. In our weakness. Your weakness ministers to people. Not your strength. It's your weakness. Because in your weakness is where the Lord's strong. It's where the rescue comes from. Can you get an amen? So cool, man. God works all things together for our good. Amen? All of it. So, um, anyway, uh, if anybody needs to give an envelope, we'll get one to you. Praise God. If you guys are watching online and you want to give, go to gracepointgeorgetown.com. You can partner with us in, in giving. And... Um, Amen. Praise God. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm excited about where we're going. I'm really excited about it. It's really good. It's cool. Amen. And we have one more thing that I want to do today while we're still on. Did you stop? YouTube's okay. Okay, but it, we can stay on or off. But there is one more thing I want to do because somebody has a birthday today. Keisha. Keisha's finally, I think, 30. Praise God. She's so... She's a child, uh, but we, we just want to sing happy birthday to Keisha. So, y'all ready to sing happy birthday to Keisha? Yeah. I'm going to turn my mic off so I don't... <laughs>